of my praise so I'm going to give it to him I'm going to give it to him I, I don't know when I have another chance to give it to him so every time I get a chance I wish somebody else was in here with me every time I get a chance I'm going to give God the highest expression of my praise because if I don't get this chance anymore I wish somebody would if I don't get this chance anymore, if I don't get this opportunity anymore, I'm going to take this time to give God the highest expression of my praise. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Another thing about the song is just implicit in the song you have to really understand what it's saying it's saying my hallelujah that means the praise team didn't give it to you I wish you were with me I can't give you your hallelujah you had it when you came in here and you're going to take it with you when you leave so, so I don't just give him my hallelujah in church on Sunday morning. I give him my hallelujah on Monday when I'm in the car by myself. I, I, give, him the, I give him my hallelujah on Tuesday when I'm down on my knees in prayer. I, I give him my hallelujah on Wednesday when I think of the goodness of Jesus. I, I give him my hallelujah on, on Thursday as I begin to remember where he brought me from. I, I give him my hallelujah on, on Friday when I look at all my blessings. When I wake up on Saturday, I just want to thank him for waking up one more day. I just lift my hands and I say hallelujah. 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 And because my hallelujah belongs to him, he can take it whenever he wants. 
I don't have to be in the mood. I don't have to be in a certain church. I don't have to be in a certain place. It doesn't have to be a certain day. It doesn't have to be a certain service. Because it belongs. It belongs to him. So anytime I remember how much it belongs to him, I just give it to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This week I challenge you. All through the week, not just today. Give God his hallelujah. Give God his praise. Give God the highest expression of your praise to him. Because if it belongs to him, he deserves it every day. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Praise God for the praise team leading us in worship on this morning. And hallelujah, I'm going to go quickly to the word. Many of us know the incidents of this past week and many of us are even emotional on this morning. So pray with us. But I came today to give God some praise. I don't because he's worthy of the praise and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We're going to John the 11th chapter and we'll be looking at verses 20 through 26. For many of us, a rather familiar passage of scripture. But again, that's John chapter 11. And we'll be looking at verses 20 through 26. While you're yet looking, I want to say this for the benefit of you and for those who are watching as well virtually. For each of you, for your expressions of love, for your thoughts, for your prayers, for your attendance at the celebration of life, for your gifts, your flowers, your donations to the scholarship fund. For if you uh, swept the floor, if you cleaned up, if you helped arrange things, if you talk, took flowers, if you stood by the pole, if you were just present in the service, or if you've streamed the service and you thought of us, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of our heart, from the Crispin family. We love and appreciate you very much. And I mean, I want to thank you in two aspects. I want to thank you. I want to bifurcate those. I want to thank you as a member of the Crispin family and as pastor for the membership, particularly here at Bright Temple, for your help, for your assistance, for your service. It means a lot to me. I appreciate it. I'm not going to speak too much because I'll get emotional again, but I thank you. I appreciate that love. And I will tell you, I remember it, it, it's, it's, so, uh, it's so vivid in my mind with my father. You remember those who served and who were there for you in those times of loss and need. And I will remember and appreciate very much that what you did for me personally and that what you did as pastor in your service. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. John chapter 11, we're looking at verse 20 and I'm reading from the English standard version and the word of the Lord reads here. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And 
Everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Heavenly Father, Lord, touch our hearts and our minds. Lord, allow our spirit to be open and receptive to this destiny moment where you are impacting our lives through your word. Allow your word to be a lamp into our feet, a light into our path, our spiritual GPS that guides us to our place of purpose and destiny in you. Lord, do not allow us to leave this moment unchanged. In Jesus' name, amen. And God bless you. We're sharing from our series, Hey God, What's the Plan? We're continuing in our series, Hey God, What's the Plan? And we talked earlier about the, the who, and I told you that the who is you. And then we talked on last week uh, about the what. What, is it, what does God require of us to, to do justice, to, to love mercy, to walk humbly before our God? We spoke of what he directly anticipates from each of us. And today we're going to tackle a bit of the when. And I know somebody right now in your spiritual journey, you're asking God, when? (laughs) You know, Lord, I I know it's me and and I know what it is that you desire to do for me, but and I know what it is you desire for me to do, but when is this going to happen in my life? And uh, I wish I had a few honest people who just raise your hand and say, I'm waiting on my when. And somebody in the chat put that, I'm waiting on my when. It's okay to be waiting on your when because there are some things that I've requested from God and I'm still waiting on God to tell me when is this going to happen. I've heard the prophecy. I'm waiting on the manifestation of what shall occur in my life and I'm asking God when. And in tackling the question of when, I could not think of a better story in the Bible than the story of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus when you've asked God for something and it, by all appearances, seems like he's come too late. And some of us, we've been in that spot, and I won't testify for you. I'll testify for myself. I, I, we get to a point where, like, God, I asked you, and you didn't do it, and it seems like it didn't happen, and it seems like it's too late. Lord, Lord, especially at that moment when it seems like the time clock has expired on that which you have anticipated God doing, you begin to ask the question, Lord, really, what is what is this plan? So you can imagine Martha, and, and many of us, we, we, we demonize Martha, but Martha really is more representative than of us. A lot of times in these stories, we think of ourselves more like how Jesus is and don't realize that we're more like the people he's talking to. It, we're more like Martha and Mary than we are like Jesus. But, but, but Martha was saying, you know, she asked a fair question. She was saying, Lord, I, I, I called for you, I asked for you, and, and you did not arrive, you did not come, and, and I begin to question right now. Now, what is the plan as it relates to you? I do not see nor understand or anticipate what the plan is for my life. What is the plan relative to what you're asking of me? So he says, I want to talk to you for, uh, relative to that. He says, uh, and it says in verse 3 through 6, that Jesus says to them, in, ver- in verse 3 earlier in the text, Jesus said, this sickness is not unto death but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Notice what it's saying. That's in verse 3, if you're looking at verse uh, John 11 and 3 through 6. The sickness is not unto death. What he's saying is that what is happening right now is occurring for a purpose that you simply may not understand. 
And if we do not understand the purpose that is occurring and what God is invoking in that moment, then certainly we may not appreciate or understand the timing. Because sometimes we, we expect God to operate on our time. Oh, 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 you need an example? Uh, uh, another biblical example? Let me tell you about Sarah. She's, not, she's, well, she's 80 years old. And God prophesied to Abram that you will have a son. And then Sarah says, she's tickled. She's like, <laughs> so that's why they called him laughter. <laughs> because she laughed at God. She's like, wait, wait, hold on. And, and, and this is what she was really thinking. This is what we would have said. Now, Lord, when I was 20, when I was 30, when I was 40, I, I could have had a child then. And now when I'm 80, I wish, I wish some of my 80-year-olds would talk to me and <laughs> somebody approached me. Well, now I'm 80. Now you're saying I'm going to have now. You, Lord, it's like, Lord, you wasted all of my fertile years when I could have had a child. And now you want me to have a child when I'm old and tired. Come on in here now. My, my, my in-laws often said that we have, we have, they have grandchildren that span a lot of different ages. And because my sons are at least five years older than any of their cousins, they said a few years ago, they said it was a lot easier to, to, to handle and play with the grandchildren when your sons were born. But now we got some younger ones and we're a little bit older now. <laughs> and we don't get around as much as we, as we used to because, because of our age. So I imagine Sarah was saying, it's not only my body, but, but Lord, I, I, I can't run like I used to run. I can't chase this kid like I used to. I, and, and come on in here with me. My patience isn't what it is. Right, y'all, come on now. Some of y'all 40 and don't have the same patience. But my patience now is not what it used to be. Can I get some witnesses in here? So, so, so she, she laughed at God and she, she thought it was humorous that, that he had a timing that was different from hers. Notice this. She didn't have a problem with having a baby. It wasn't the, the having the baby. All her concern was, was timing. It's like, Lord, could not this have happened 50, 40, 30 years ago? But now in my old age shall I have a child. And not even now when she's 80, but God, you're going to wait till I'm 90 years old to bear you a child. So, so the question that she had was relative to timing. The question that Martha has here is not that Jesus comes, not that he arrives. Her, her issue is with her, is his timing. And many of us, we have that same question, that same problem. Lord, I'm trusting you. I, I believe that you're going to do it. But, I'm, but, but my, my only apprehension is that you're not going to do it based on, get this, and you need to be clear because you're not saying it, but this is what you mean. You're not doing it on my time. And let's be real on it. It's not that he's not doing it on time. It's not that he's not doing it on your time. And sometimes we need to understand our own bias and, and, and remove our selfishness from the equation and recognize that it's not what he's doing. It's not how he's going to do it. But the problem is that we have that he's not doing it fast enough. He's not doing it on our schedule because, you know, we have a schedule. You know, when you, we invite people over our house, we, we expect them to come at a certain time. 
And I found out from hosting, it's, it's just as inconvenient for people to arrive early as it is for them to arrive late. Come on, y'all. Because you're not ready. Y'all ain't with me here. If they get there too early, they're going to have to wait longer for the girl. I ain't even put the ribs on, and you here two hours early. You're just going to have to sit there and wait till they get done. But, but, but we have our own timing. We have a specified time in our mind. We think that things ought to happen according to our order and to according to the way, get this again, how we've arranged things. See, the problem many times you get embarrassed when you try to arrange things and then God doesn't do it on your time. If God is in charge of the timing, then I'm going to put God in charge of the arrangements because I want it to be arranged according to his time. I want to make sure that I don't put things out of order. And sometimes we put things out of order and then we're embarrassed because God doesn't show up according to our own time. You want a spouse. Okay. And you believe God's going to send you one. All right. So you're on these dating apps and you're taking all these dates. What you're doing is you're making arrangements. Did God tell you to make arrangements? Did he? See, see we're waiting on God to deliver on our timetable. See, I'm going to have these dates and in, in 8 to 12 months, you know, then I'll be engaged. And then I'm going to go ahead and set my wedding date for three. Come on now. We're making arrangements. And then three years later, when you're not married, you're mad at God. See, Lord, see, God, see, I don't think you understood uh, the assignment, Lord. See, I had this dating plan. And, and, and I was supposed to get this. I'd already, I'd already picked out my ring. I already knew how many carrots. I knew what cut I wanted to be. I knew I knew I wanted him to go to Jared. Come on, y'all. I, I had all of these things lined up. But see, because you didn't do it on my time, they don't even sell that ring anymore, Lord. The place I was going to have my reception is closed down. God, God you, you didn't arrange this on time. And because we make the arrangements and expect God to come through on our time, then when he doesn't, we're disappointed. We're setting ourselves up to be disappointed. So our disappointment has nothing to do with God and everything to do with us. Because we are not in line with his plan. Oh, it happens with people in ministry. We're just not just picking on those getting married. Somebody, like, well, I'm going I'm to have this ministry in this many years, and I'm going to have this building by this time, and I'm going to have this many people coming to service by this time. And then when it doesn't happen, then you're frustrated and mad at God. Did you operate? Did you get let God be in charge of the arrangements? You trying to set the timetable for God. But you need to allow, if I'm on God's time, then I ought to let God make the arrangements. That's why the oldest saints, they, they have it right when they quote James. James said, you shouldn't say, I'm going to do this and do this. You're going to say, if God will, if God allow, if God permit. That means I'm having a conversation with God along the way. Because I don't want to be disappointed in the end. 
Oh, let me give you something you can grab. My, my wife, as it relates to when we go on a trip, if we're, we're going on a certain place, she has certain levels of expectation in terms of where we stay. And men, go, you might as well get on the ship. The woman is going to have higher expectations relative to where you're staying. I wish I had some help in here. Well, maybe I'm teaching you something you don't know. So, so, so maybe your quietness is you getting some understanding. She's going to have a higher level of expectation relative to where you stay. Because a lot of things, simply by her being a woman, she's going to have more of an intimate relationship and do more intimate things in those places than you might need to do. All right? So that bathroom better have a certain level of cleanliness. Come on now. She better not see nothing crawling around there. Come on. She, when, when she turns the light on, nothing better be running. <laughs> Come on. I'm trying to help somebody. She shouldn't have to go in the room and start cleaning. The room should already be clean. What I'm saying is those are part of the arrangement. So I, I, I've learned when I'm making the arrangements, I might need to get her input so in the end I'm not disappointed. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, I've I'm, I'm got my chest out. And then she comes in and, and then she snarls, she snarls her nose up. Where are we staying? Where is this? You don't, you don't want to get there. You, you better get some input on the, say it with me, arrangements. Get some input on the arrangements so your, your feelings don't get hurt. The same is with God. You're with God. He's in charge of the timing, so I need to be in conversation with him. That's why I communicate with him all the time. Daily, I need to communicate with God because I want God to be in charge of the arrangements. You know what? When God's in charge of the arrangements, that takes, you, that takes things off of you anyway. Some of you are tired right now because you're trying to arrange things that you don't have responsibility for. Oh, ho, oh, oh. ho. Oh, let, let me come down your street for a minute. Some of y'all right now are wasting energy trying to get back people who did you wrong. It's not your job. You're allowing people who did you wrong to occupy your mental space. You losing sleep and crying and mad and frustrated and doing things you wouldn't ordinarily do because you're trying to impress people that you don't even like. Trying to get back at people who did you wrong. I'm going to show them. That's not your job. Point at somebody out there and say, that's not your job. That's not your job. Hashtag that in the comments. That's not your job. You, you're trying to get back at people. You're wasting energy, time, and mental space on something that's not your job. You're trying to be in charge of arrangements, and God already told you, I got this. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. I, I. Without your assistance, I will repay. God said, I got this. Don't need your help. Don't need your assistance. You don't even have to make a list. Some of y'all got lists. Yeah, she did this to me in 85. She did this in 87. And then she did this in 19. Oh, she's dead. Let me mark her off. <laughs> this, that's how bad y'all are. Y'all got lists. People ain't even around anymore. Listing people who, who did you wrong or, or did bad, and you trying to get back at them again, baby, that's not your job. 
You're putting your hands in arrangements that you ought to leave to God. God said, I will repay. I will get you justice. That's why we know we've seen some injustices happen in this country. We've just seen one recently that we're concerned about. But don't, baby, don't worry about that. God said, I got this. I got this. This is, I got this. I got this. Because your identification is just a visitor's card anyway. Because this is not your home. Why are you anticipating people here treating you like they ought to treat you? Oh, I wish if you get that in your spirit, that's going to help you when you watch the news. Why are you expecting people to give you something that I have promised you I'll give you? You're visiting right here. So when people smile their nose up at you, don't be surprised. When people are speaking things and saying things you wouldn't say, they're speaking a foreign language anyway, don't, don't be surprised. When people don't think like you think and don't have the same sense of justice that you have, don't worry about it. You're visiting here. This is not your home. Oh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to take the weight off somebody. Because you're carrying some stuff that you shouldn't even be carrying. God said, I've got this. I've got this. And that's exactly what he was telling the disciples. The disciples said, Lord, Lazarus is dead. God said, Jesus said, Lazarus is sleeping. What he was saying is, I got this. I got this. I got this. And sometimes you're thinking your situation is beyond repair. And God's saying, if you look in my word, is there anything that is too hard? Oh, oh, shit. Is there anything that is, I, I, I need you to get that, that, that word in your spirit. Is there anything that is too hard for God? God's saying no matter where you find yourself in your situation, no matter the timing, God said, I've got this. Uh, I've got this. So I have to close shortly, but let me give you Martha's side. Martha and Mary were like, well, Lord, I, I know the messenger that we sent to Jesus is reliable. I know that Jesus got the message. And you got to think this was much more like a week ago before, before Jesus arrives. I know he got the message, but, but, but Lazarus has been sick for, for, for four days and, and Jesus is not here. He, he's been sick for five days and, and Jesus is not here. He's been sick for a week and, and Jesus is not here. And, and, and it looks like Lazarus is about to draw his last breath and Jesus mm, is still not here. And somebody right now, you're watching a situation in your life that seems like it's on its deathbed. It seems like it's about to draw its last breath. I came to declare to you that even when it closes its eyes, Jesus says, it's just sleeping. And I don't know what situation in your life has closed his eyes and looks like it's drawn his last breath. But I, I'm prophetically speaking into your life right now that what you think is dead, God is saying, oh, it's just sleeping. 
which means if, 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 if it's sleeping, when my children are sleeping, I, I just open the door to their room and I call their name and they wake up and Jesus is saying in my name when, 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 when I call them because my sheep hear my voice. When, when I speak to them, there's no other name under heaven given among men where men must by be saved. But by the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess at the name of Jesus. So when I call their name. Demons tremble when they hear my name. Oh. So, so when, I, when I speak, I, I, I told y'all, I, I don't speak so that people will start making things happen. But when I speak, my speech itself causes things uh, to happen. So I believe in my spirit that, that, that when, when they said that Lazarus was dead, that he was dead. But, but when Jesus said, don't worry, he's sleeping. Lazarus, the, the little, what, what is the little monitor that, that if he was in the hospital that had gone flat, all of a sudden there was a little beep, little, 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 if he had been on a monitor, the, the little pulse would have come back home. But as soon as Jesus said, oh, I wish I were in here with me now, that he was sleeping, I, I believe the pulse. Just came back. I believe completely that his heart is hot. But when Jesus sat from many miles away while he was standing with the disciples, said, don't worry about it. He's sleeping. I believe his pulse came back. Uh, uh, I believe it, 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 to analogize it in the hospital, I, I believe that if they'd had to shock him back to hell, that when Jesus said he's sleeping, Lazarus was shot. Oof. Oh. And I, I, all of a sudden, he, he, I believe that his, his pulse may have been faint, but it, but it started to get stronger. And, and, and it started to get stronger. I, I'll tell you the reason that they had a ritual in those days that they made sure that the person was dead for at least four days is because they wanted to make sure that they were really dead. They didn't embalm these people. Sometimes you have a condition that will have you passed out in a coma. And sometimes after a few days, that person got back up. But again, notice the timing of Jesus. Jesus waited four days so that they would know in their mind without a doubt that this man had indeed been dead. But I believe in my spirit when, he, when Jesus said he's sleeping, oh, shy, that whatever was already dead, Jesus had manifested him by his word and made it go from dead to sleeping. And then when Jesus arrives on the scene, we see when Martha questions him, and my time is short, but when Martha questions him, he said, don't you believe that your brother will get up? She said, oh, I believe he'll get up in the last day, in the resurrection. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. (laughs) I don't have to wait to the last day. But I carry resurrection with me. Mm. Wherever I go, resurrection follows me. Wherever I go, resurrection is is in the place where I am. And I told you, Jesus had, had a bad habit of breaking up funerals. He had a bad habit. Of breaking up funerals. 
I don't believe any of the funeral directors like Jesus very much. Because sometimes I believe Jairus, we call him Jairus, he probably had already called the funeral director. And he said, you can come to my house to pick up my daughter. The professional mourners were already in the room with the daughter, ready to do a recessional outside of the house. And but Jerry has called Jesus and he said, well, will you still come to my house and see if there's anything you can do for my daughter? And while he was there, Jesus said, uh, she's not dead. But again, the daughter is simply sleeping. I can imagine the funeral directors were making their preparations at their shop. They were getting ready to come to the house of Jairus. And all of a sudden, Jesus walks in. He kicks the professional mourners out. He kicks out those who were weeping and crying. And Jesus said, hold on. I need to be in here by myself. But remember, wherever Jesus is, resurrection is right there with him. So remember, he said she was sleeping. She had already gone from a state of death to a state of sleeping. So when you're sleeping, all you got to do is speak to him. So he said to Letha Kuma, little girl, I say arise. And the little girl arose out of her bed. And the same people that were outside the door all of a sudden heard the pit of pat of little feet. They heard the girl walking around because Jesus had a habit of breaking up funerals. In fact, Jesus was headed outside the gate of the city of Nain one day. And while the, the funeral procession was going outside the gate, Jesus saw the little boy and, and he saw the widow crying. Her husband was already dead and her only son was about to be buried. And as the Paul was being carried to the graveyard, Jesus said, I'm going to touch this boy. And when he touched him, the boy sat up. The boy got up and he started speaking. I came to tell you, Jesus will break up a funeral. So now the directors believe we are already got paid. We already got our money. The funeral is already over. But Jesus comes to the tomb of Lazarus. He says, somebody, the same people who put on the stone, I need you to roll away the stone. And Jesus said, he's sleeping. So since he's sleeping, all I have to do is call his name and he'll wake back up. So he said, Lazarus, Lazarus, I know you hear me, I know you hear me, Lazarus, come forth, so Lazarus, sat up on his bed, he got up out of his bed, he started jumping, because they had him wrapped up, he started leaping, he came to the door of the tomb. He started leaping. And somebody said, Isn't that Lazarus? I wrapped him up myself. Isn't that Lazarus? I carried him in myself. I believe that's Lazarus. 
so Jesus said, loose him, let him go, unwrap the death pall that you put around him, and I'm declaring to somebody, God said, loose him, loose him, loose that situation, loose those finances, loose that relationship, loose that health situation, you thought it was dead, but God said, it's sleeping, and I can speak to it, and it will get back up, so I came to tell somebody, it's not too late, point at somebody, tell them it's not too late, it's not too late, it's not too late, it seems like it's dead, but it's not too late, it seems like it's over, but it's not too late, it seems like it's done, but God said, it ain't over, it's not done, it's not complete, but God said, come further, Mary Mary and Martha they were convinced they had every indication and I'm speaking to somebody who's right there you have every indication every logical reason to believe all the evidence you need to believe that this situation is over what God said is not over that situation you think that is dead. Jesus said in my word, it's just sleeping. And all I have to do is speak. Oof. All I have to do is speak. And when I say I, I'm talking about you. Somebody point at somebody and say, all you have to do is speak. You have to speak. Jesus said, you haven't asked in my name, but he said, ask in my name that your joy might be full. So when you speak to it, make sure you come correct. Say in the name of Jesus. Not in my name, but that's the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, not in my name, not according to me, but in the name of Jesus. Oh, I dare you to lift those hands where you are. Lift your hands where you are. I dare you to speak to that situation right now. I dare you to speak to it now. Say, in the name of Jesus, I'm here. In the name of Jesus, I'm delivered. In the name of Jesus. I'm set free in the name of Jesus. Debt is canceled in the name of Jesus. My finances are coming together in the name of Jesus. My relationship is healed in the name of Jesus. My children are saved in the name of Jesus. I'm declaring it and I believe in the name of Jesus. 
It's done, it's done, it's done. Hallelujah. Come on and give God some praise. If you believe it, it's done. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. It's done. It's done. It's done. Oh. In the name of Jesus. It's done. It's done. It's done. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. It's done. It's done. In the name of Jesus. It's done. In the name of Jesus. It's done. Hallelujah. 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 Those who are watching us virtually, we praise God for you being with us and we praise God until we shall see you again. Be blessed. Come on. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Give a Fun. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.